0: I want to invite you to grab your copy of god's word this morning join me once again in the book of galatians galatians chapter 6 we're going to work through the first 10 verses this morning as we continue on in our series through the book of galatians we are nearing the end and this morning i think such an important message about doing life together you know it's interesting that as the years have gone by i remember being in student ministry right out of seminary, it was 2008, and remember my wife and I inviting teenagers over to our house, which is always, you're not really sure what's going to happen, you know you're not going to have any food left, but it was worth it to have them over, to be able to invest in them, to pour into their lives. But there was something that I noticed kind of early on that really struck me is Two teenagers, sometimes two teenagers that were dating would be sitting on the same couch and instead of having a conversation with one another, they would be texting one another. You're a teenager in here, you're like, what's wrong with that? I don't know if you remember this or not, but I remember having to actually have a phone conversation with people. Remember having to call someone on the phone and actually have a conversation. So parents of teenagers, let's unite for just a moment, okay? You with me? Let's go back to that. Someone wants to talk to your daughter, which I do have one. You got to call them on the phone and have a conversation. There is something about actually having a physical conversation with someone and not just sending emojis through the phone, right? I mean, it is character building to have to listen to someone you're talking to on the phone breathe into the phone. (laughs) They don't have anything to say, you don't have anything to say, you just hear them breathing. It's character building. There's something about having to end the conversation on the phone. I love you. No, I love you. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. You hang up first. <sighs> no, you hang up first. <laughs> Here's the thing about it we are wired to interact with one another. We are, in fact, wired to do life together. We are stamped with the image of God on our lives and we serve a God who exists in community the father the son and the holy spirit the triune communion of God we are made in his image and we are made to interact with one another in fact we're made to do life together One of the greatest things about the body of Christ is that we get to do life together. You know, it's interesting. Our culture knows this very well. Our culture is doing everything that it can to cause us to interact, not in person necessarily, but oftentimes just digitally. In fact, I don't know if you pay much attention to the news, but news came out just a couple of weeks ago. Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, announced, name Splash, we're going to change the name of Facebook. Some of you are like, you just need to shut it down, right? They said, we're going to change the name of Facebook. We're going to call it Metaverse. And he said, what we're going to do is we are going to create, we are going to simulate community digitally. I want you to listen to this. I want you to notice this is what he said in an interview. We believe the metaverse will be the successor to the mobile internet. Listen to this. We'll be able to feel present like we're right there with people no matter how far apart we actually are. He has bet his entire company on the fact that you and I are supposed to be interacting with one another. He's just said, let's do away with face-to-face. Let's do it all virtually. Even he knows we are wired to do life together shouldn't be a new thing for us. In fact, Paul is going to outline for us that reality here in the verses that we're about to read. Paul is going to say to us as followers of Jesus that we are to do life together and there is no greater place than to do life together within the community of the church. God's plan for you to do life with other people exists primarily within the church that his son Jesus gave his life for. And so Paul writes these words in Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1 and going down through verse 10. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes, that we would be able to see, and you would open our ears, that we would be able to hear, and you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea. It'll frame our time together as we walk through these verses in Galatians chapter 6, and it's this Truth, one of the greatest privileges we have as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, is doing life together. If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, one of the greatest privileges that the Lord has extended to you and has extended to me is to do life together. To be able to walk this journey of life with one another. You know, As we've walked our way through the book of Galatians, what we've seen is Paul lay out for us who we are in Jesus Christ. Paul has laid out for us what Jesus Christ has done for us when He has transformed our lives, when He's saved us from our sins, when He's extended His gift of salvation to us. He said for us that we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We've been taken from being an enemy of God to being part of God's family, we have been adopted as part of the family of God. And what that means for you and what that means for me, if we're followers of Jesus, that we are gathered here this morning as brothers and sisters in Christ. That for you and I, there is something that unites us that is deeper than the blood that is running through our veins. It's the blood of Jesus Christ who was shed to forgive us of our sins. We are brothers and sisters in Christ because of what Jesus sacrificed for us. And as Paul's been writing this letter, I told you early on in the first four chapters, he was just hammering our identity in Christ. Here is who you are in Christ. Here is who you are in Christ. Here is who you are. Embrace this identity in Christ. It'll change everything about the way That you live your life. And then we saw him begin to say, Now, here is how this is lived out. Here's how you go from being a child of God to living life in this world as a child of God. Here's how you walk this thing out. We saw last week that he said, For us who are in Christ, us who have been saved, that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within us. That we are to walk not by the flesh, not fulfilling our own desires but we are to walk in step with the Holy Spirit of God leading and guiding us to live out this Christian life God has called us to live out. And you may think at this point, well, that's just a solo event. That's just me living out the Christian life by myself. But what I want you to recognize this morning is that Paul doesn't give us that option. I know that we live in a world in which the church is Maybe not as primary in people's minds. People look and say, hey, I'm not going to be a part of the church, but I'm still going to live out the Christian life. I'm just not going to entangle myself with other people at church. Here's the problem. That's not biblical. God intends for you and for me to unite ourselves to a local church and to do life together. He's going to lay out for us what that actually looks like. So I want you to write this first truth down that we see in verse 1 this morning. We do life together even when it is messy. We do life together even when it is messy. And let me just say to you this morning, life is messy. Every single one of us has a dysfunctional family. If you're looking with a blank stare up here, you go, Pastor, I don't know if that describes my family. It's you. You are the dysfunctional part of your family. The reason that we all have dysfunctional families is the fact that we are all sinners. We may be sinners who've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, but we still, as we saw last week, are battling the... Walking by the Spirit and walking in the flesh, fulfilling our own desires. The truth is, when we unite together as a body of Christ, that same thing is true. Yes, we are a family, but we are a messy family. It's interesting that when you look at what Paul is saying here, is he recognizes that in this group of believers in Galatia, that they have problems. And the truth is, for us, we do too. For every single one of us, we are walking through the battle of living out the Christian life, seeking to please the Lord and walk by His Spirit, and also at the same time battling, walking by the desires of the flesh. Every single follower of Jesus that is sitting here this morning is engaged in that battle. So then when you bring all of us together, when we're all walking through this together collectively in the church, you are going to experience problems. Paul has written this. It's always funny to me when people say, you know, pastor, I just wish we could get back to church like it was in the New Testament. And I say, do you really? I mean, have you read the book of 1 Corinthians? they were messed up people. And Paul says here, life in the church, life with believers is messy. He says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, I want you to notice that Paul is not looking at a situation within the church and saying, you know, we've got a bunch of saved people who never sin. Paul says, no, we know that people are going to sin. Even people in the church are going to sin. One of the things we talk about in our small group last Sunday is one of the accusations that's made against the church, against us as believers, is that it's filled with hypocrites. And the reality is that's true. But we are hypocrites whose desire, hopefully, is to walk in obedience to the Lord, who experience God's grace day in and day out. And Paul says here, if anyone is caught in transgression, if anyone is caught in sin, his mind's eye is looking at this group of believers and saying, where sin makes itself known within the body, he says, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. There's one approach to sin within the body of Christ, and that's just simply to ignore it, to pretend as if it doesn't happen. It's the equivalent this morning of you having a fight on the way to church Yelling at your kids as you're pulling into the parking lot and saying, now, go have got a church, put your church face on, let's go. You wonder why my wife and I drive separately on Sunday mornings, right? <laughs> we've learned through the year. I mean, it's not, it's not worth that. Some of you are like, you need more parking, Pastor. But where there is sin that makes itself known in the life of a believer within a local body of believers, it is the responsibility, Paul says, to call that sin out. I want you to notice when he says that, he doesn't say, shame that person as best you can. In fact, when you look through the scriptures, when you look at Jesus' ministry, that was oftentimes the way the Pharisees responded to people. In fact, they would pray prayers like, thank God I'm not like that sinner. I want you to notice what he says here, that we should restore that person in sin. The goal of calling out sin, the goal of going to someone and saying to them, hey, I have noticed this pattern in your life. I've noticed this pattern of anger. I've noticed this pattern of sexual immorality. I've noticed this pattern of pride. The goal in that is not to shame them, but to restore them to a right fellowship with the Lord. A heart for that person to walk with Jesus, to experience the fullness of life with Christ. And he also says a spirit of gentleness. The goal at every point of calling out sin in someone's life is not to elevate yourself above them, but it is to restore them and it is to do it in such a way that They would walk away and say, I may not have liked what you said, but I know that you love me because you said it. You may be here this morning, and for you, you're a follower of Jesus, and there is sin that is evident in your life. And there are people who have reached out to you and said, hey, you need to take this seriously. They've said, this is a problem in your life. I am seeing a pattern of sin in your life. Can I say to you this morning, that is God's grace being demonstrated to you. It may not make you feel very good, but I want you to notice that God is doing that in your life, not to punish you, but to restore you in your relationship with him. If you notice, he says, You who are spiritual should do this. You may look and say, okay, pastor, so are you telling me like there's, there's this regular level of everybody and then there's these super spiritual saints that are up here and they're the ones who have the ability to do that? No, what he's saying here is what he's outlined for us previously in the text. And that is for us to be walking by the Spirit. Jesus told the story of someone who had come and accused someone else of sin, and Jesus said this to the Pharisees. He said, listen, you may want to deal with the two-by-four that's sticking out of your eye before you worry about the speck of dust that is in someone else's eye. And here, if you notice what Paul says, as he tells us as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are to go to those whose sin is evident in their life and to call them back to a walk with the Lord like God intended. He says, also, keep watch on yourself. So there's not an ability here to go with pride in your heart saying, I'm not a sinner like that person is. Let me go to them and tell them what's wrong with them. Let me say to you this morning your role in someone else's life is not to be the Holy Spirit but you can be an agent of the Holy Spirit at work in their life at this point in time he says keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted maybe you've been hesitant at this point in time to call someone out because of the sin that is evident in their life and we live in a culture that doesn't really think we should do that i want you to notice that paul thinks we definitely should do that under the inspiration of the holy spirit of god that we as fellow heirs with christ that we as part of the body of christ should be willing to go to someone that we love and call them back to a right relationship with the lord Maybe for you, you know right now there is someone in your life who is a follower of Jesus Christ, but in this moment they are not walking with Jesus. And this is your wake-up call. This is your calling card from the Lord to say, don't let that go by. In love and in gentleness with a desire to restore them and their walk with the Lord, approach them about this. Pray for them encourage them, challenge them. We see Jesus live this out throughout his ministry. He interacted with sinners. In fact, Jesus, the only sinless person who's ever lived on the planet, is watching sinners day in and day out throughout his ministry. But if you notice, he does not come harsh on anyone except for the self-righteous religious people everyone else, he extends mercy and grace to them and calls them to himself, calls them to walk in relationship with him. We do life together even when it is messy. That's what being part of the body of Christ is all about. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you are looking for a place where you can plug in and serve and be a part of the body of christ and you think maybe north river is home for me i want you to hear me this morning our desire for you is that you would walk with jesus and my commitment to you as your pastor is if there is a moment in your life where there is sin that is evident it will not be swept under the rug but for your soul I'll seek to encourage you and challenge you to walk in a relationship with Jesus. Not only when we do life together is it messy, but I want you to notice the second truth in verses 2 through 5, we do life together even when it is heavy. Life when it's messy and life when it's heavy. He says in verse 2, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You may have come in today and you are burdened. I don't know what is going on in your life at this point in time. There's a number of different things that could be going on. You may have recently lost a loved one. Maybe having job issues. You may be having marriage issues. You may be having parenting issues, financial issues, There may be a number of things that you walked in this morning, and let's not kid ourselves, we all put the church face when we come in, but for many of us, we are absolutely brokenhearted and burdened right now for the things that are going on in our life. Some of them may be a result of our own sin, but many of them may be a result of just living in a sinful world. But I want you to hear me that Paul says our responsibility as part of the body of Christ is to come alongside and do life with one another. We are to bear one another's burdens. And he says in this, it fulfills the law of Christ. What does he mean by that? It means that we both love God and we love others well. And when we come alongside one another and we bear one another's burdens, we are able to to carry out what God has entrusted to us living life together. If you've come in this morning with a burden and you've not shared that with someone, I want to encourage you to share that. You say, Pastor, that's, it's going to be awkward. I feel strange talking about it. There's nothing better than the body of Christ collectively coming together and walking with one another through the valleys and the difficulties in life. There are moments in my life I look back and recognize that were it not for other brothers and sisters in Christ, praying, encouraging, walking with us through seasons in our life, I don't know how we would have made it through. You may have come in this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus and you look and you say, Now that interests me, to know that I have someone who is walking with me through a difficult season in my life, someone who I am able to walk with as they help me carry this burden. Can I say to you this morning, the greatest burden any of us ever carry is the sin of our lives. And Jesus Christ offers to you, if you've not yet trusted Him as your Savior, to carry that burden of sin on your behalf. He paid for your sin on the cross. He makes it possible for you to be forgiven of your sins, to experience His righteousness this morning. Offload the burden of your sin on Jesus today. Receive the salvation that He offers. Continue on in verse 3. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. You read that and you think, okay, I thought he just said we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. But then he says each one's supposed to bear his own load. I want you to notice what Paul's doing. Paul is saying here that for us, as part of the body of Christ, We have a responsibility to do what God has called us to do. God is not going to do for us what he expects us to do for ourselves. So he says here, our responsibility is to do what God has called us to do. We can't expect someone else to do what God has called us to do in our relationship with him. But when those moments come, when it is too much for us to bear, God is willing to walk with us as we carry this burden. And he's willing to align us with other believers who are willing to walk with us as well. We do life together even when it's messy. We do life together even when it is heavy. I want you to notice the last part. Verses 6 through 10. We do life together even when it is costly. See, the reality for us is that to do life together, it will cost you something. It will cost you time. It will cost you prayer. It will cost you effort. It may cost you financially. If we truly are going to live as the body of Christ, it will cost us something. I want you to notice it cost Jesus everything. And whatever investment we make doing life together, it is worth it. Verse 6 let the one who has taught the word. Share all good things with the one who teaches. It's interesting, I read commentaries this past week on this passage of Scripture, and it's, it's funny how some look and say, you know, Paul kind of takes a detour in verse 6, talking about something entirely different than bearing with one another's burdens and doing life together. He says, some commentators say that this verse is primarily about paying your pastor, I don't think that's what this is about. I think you should pay your pastor. But I want you to notice that at this point in time, what Paul is emphasizing is for every single one of us who call the name of Christ, who live within community together, every single one of us brings something to the table with one another. Each one of us is gifted with spiritual gifts that we are to use, Paul says, to build up the body of Christ. So hear me this morning, you came in here today and God's desire is to use you to encourage someone beside you. God's desire is to use you to bear the burden of someone beside you. God's desire is to use you to encourage someone beside you and his desire is to use the person beside you to do that in your life to encourage you, to build you up, to challenge you where there's sin that may be evident in your life, to help you walk out the Christian life. Paul says here, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Think about this. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Think about this in your life. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you claim North River Church as your home, let's pull the financial out of it. What investment are you making in this body of believers here at North River Church? What investment of time are you making? What investment of encouragement are you making? What investment are you making in this body of believers? See, so many times, I want you to hear me, church in America often becomes a consumeristic situation. You go to Burger King, you get what you want. You come here, you think you get what you want. But every single moment in Scripture when the church is talked about, it is never in the situation of being a consumeristic situation. Enterprise. You don't come to church for what you get out of it. You come to church for what you can put into it. How can you encourage someone else today? How can you challenge someone else today to walk closer with Jesus? How do you pray for someone else in this room this morning to encourage them to continue pursuing Christ with every ounce of their being? What investment are you making, let me press a little bit further, what investment are you making in the kids at North River Church? One of the greatest blessings that we have as a church family is a ton of kids. You just look at your handout this morning, you can see it, 100 plus kids every single week are plugged into the ministry at North River Church. What investment are you making into them? What investment are you making into the senior adult that's beside you? You say, Michael, I don't have a whole lot in common with them. You have Jesus in common with them. Will you pray for them? Will you encourage them? Will you challenge them when they're grieving? Will you come along beside them and wrap your arms around them and give them a shoulder to cry on? Paul says here, whatever we sow is what ultimately we will reap in our walk with the Lord. If we desire encouragement, then we better sow encouragement in someone else's life. If we desire for people to pray for us, we better be praying for other people in their lives. If we desire for God's word to transform our lives, we ought to be the forefront of sharing God's word with someone else so it can transform their lives. Whatever we desire for God to do in us, may we be willing be the instrument of God doing that in someone else's life. For the one who sows to his own flesh, verse 8, will reap from the flesh corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Notice verse 9, let us not grow weary of doing good say, Pastor Michael, it sounds like a lot of work to do what you're talking about. I mean, to do life together, it's messy. To do life together, it's costly. To do life together, it's heavy. And Paul knows this, and he closes out after saying, this is what we ought to be about. Don't grow weary doing good don't grow weary. We'll have all of eternity to rest in the presence of Jesus Christ. Let's get to work. Let's do what God has called us to do, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, and here's the funny thing about opportunity, if you're looking for it, you find it. An opportunity to encourage someone, an opportunity to pray for someone, an opportunity to share God's word with someone. As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. God's desire for you and for me and for this church is that we would commit ourselves to doing life together. I want to ask you if you'd bow your heads with me and close your eyes. The worship team will make their way back up. As we have an opportunity to respond to God's word this morning, maybe you came in and for you, the response that you need to take, the response that you need to make is to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior That this family that we have talked about and read about and discussed this morning is not yet your family, but it can be today. You can trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, receive forgiveness for your sin, be brought into the family of God through His life and death and resurrection today. Maybe for you in just a moment, that's the step that you need to take. Maybe you've come in today and God's word has exposed, highlighted that there is sin that is evident in your life as a follower of Jesus. And maybe even God's grace has been extended. People have pointed it out to you. They've cautioned you. They've challenged you. They've approached you about it and said, you need to get this right. And you have an opportunity this morning before you and the Lord to simply confess that sin to Him. You've wondered what's hindering your walk with Him and it's the sin that is in your life right now. God is calling you to Himself. He's calling you to turn from that sin, to walk in righteousness, experience the joy of walking in right relationship with Him. Maybe you're burdened this morning. There's a lot going on in your life, you are struggling, you wonder, can I carry on? I want you to know there's a body of believers here that are willing and able to walk with you and help carry this burden today. Maybe you need to turn to the person beside you in just a moment and just share with them. Ask them to pray for you right now. Maybe you want to come down front and have an opportunity for one of our pastors to pray for you as you walk through this season of struggle. Maybe the Lord's convicted your heart. This morning, you are wondering why you're not reaping what you thought you would And God says to you today, what are you investing in this ministry? What are you investing in the lives of the people around you? Maybe for you this morning, it's a commitment to sow in encouragement, prayer, so that you can reap that down the road. Father, we ask this morning that you would work in our hearts and our lives, that you would challenge us, convict us, encourage us, equip us, as we seek to walk in relationship with you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Would you stand and sing this morning and you respond to the Lord as he leads.